1: no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply
2: you are listening to the next best picture podcast and this is our review of news of the world
0: ladies and gentlemen my name is captain jefferson kyle kidd and i'm here tonight to read the news from across this great world of ours so they pay you to tell stories i ain't never heard of that as a thing a man can do it's not a rich man's occupation as you can see Hey! Stop! Stop! I'm not gonna hurt you! Do you understand English? Do we I call but uh friend. Says your name is Johanna Leonberger. Indians took you when they attacked your family six years prior. The mother, father, and sister were. Well they passed. She's got family down at Castroville. Captain, why are you doing this? She needs to laugh and dream. She needs new memories. Road's closed. Is that the law? It is now. Captain, you, Johanna. I do not have a clue as to the care of a child. It's a photograph. That's my wife. You can certainly handle a horse. That there's a horse. Horse. Captain. Captain. Make no mistake. Captain.
2: Word is she's that captive out of Wichita Falls. What do you want? How much you want for her?
0: This child is not for sale.
3: So she thinks she's an Indian now.
0: She's something in between. Ladies and gentlemen, these are stories of men and women very much like you, waiting for better days to come. Ah, You can't have her! And I'm taking her home! Alright
2: everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for News of the World, and the story is as follows. Five years after the end of the Civil War, Captain Jefferson Kyle Kidd crosses paths with a 10-year-old girl taken by the Kiowa people. Forced to return her to her aunt and uncle, Kid agrees to escort the child across the harsh and unforgiving plains of Texas. However, the long journey soon turns into a fight for survival, as the traveling companions encounter danger at every turn, both human and natural. The film is starring Tom Hanks and Helena Zengel. It is written and directed by Paul Greengrass, co-written by Luke Davies. Here to join me for this podcast review, I have Ryan C. Showers.
1: Hello, everybody.
2: Josh Parm. Hello, hello. All right, everyone. So, news of the world Tom Hanks reuniting with Paul Greengrass. The last time that happened, we got a Best Picture nominee. No Oscar nomination for Tom Hanks, which, by all accounts, should have happened because his performance in Captain Fantastic is. Whoa, wait, I'm sorry. Captain yep. Phillips. <laughs> whoa. His Slightly performance in Captain movie, Phillips yeah. is pretty incredible almost as incredible as that flub just now. Uh, but seriously, I was really, really excited for this movie when I found out that these two were reteaming for a Western and it was also being co-written by Luke Davies, who is really, really hot at the moment because his directorial debut, Lion, another Best Picture nominee, and um, made him, I guess, now a new name to watch out for around these parts. You know, this seemed like there were a lot of elements coming together. So, now that we've seen the film, it is currently playing in theaters, going to be on PVOD in a few days' time, what do we all think of News of the World? I pass it off first to Josh Parham.
3: So, I think that this movie is actually, like, pretty good. Um, And to be honest, walking into it, I don't know if I had a ton of expectations. I think that Paul Greengrass is obviously a very talented director, but I think his filmography is also a little inconsistent at times. And I, I think there's a danger that sometimes you're going to walk into one of his movies and don't know if you're going to get something good or not. But I thought this one was very entertaining. Um, I don't know if it's ambitions are like all that grand. And so walking away from it, I don't know if it's something that I would say is like a fantastic movie, but as something that is really entertaining and pretty engaging with its storytelling. I I found myself really connecting to it. I think especially after maybe like the first 30 or 40 minutes or so, I think it's a little slow in the beginning, but once the action starts going, I found myself really invested in it. And I think Tom Hanks has given a pretty decent performance. It's not like the best thing that he's ever done, but it's like his movie star roles, you know, he's really, really good and looks great too. I was a fan of the score and yeah, it's a movie that I enjoyed. Maybe not am going to rave about, but it's really, really entertaining.
2: Okay, all right. Ryan, what about you? What did you think of News of the World?
1: Well, Josh, it's funny that you bring up um, Greengrass in terms of his inconsistent um, filmography. Um, you know, the funny thing about News of the World is I don't think that there is a, like, a, I think it I think it lacks a substantial a uh, unique trademark that would distinguish this as a Paul Greengrass movie. Like if you would have showed like sat me down and showed me this blindly, um, I wouldn't have guessed that Paul Greengrass made this film. Right. Right. I mean like that, that's like the, I don't know. And Matt, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I remember saying that to you because I, I think we spoke after um, we both had seen no, it. No, no. Like if I, you
2: look at his entire filmography from the born supremacy in 2004, All the way up until now, there is a definite consistency in his style of filmmaking. And this is a complete departure.
1: Yeah, it's totally something completely different. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, You know, I really agree um, with what Josh said. I was pretty surprised by the amount of acting that Tom uh, Hanks gets to do here. Uh, it's, it's, It's not... A, a revolutionary performance, but it's definitely one that um, has a lot of substance in it. Um, you know, overall, I found this to be a pretty solid feature um, that has a lot of handsome aesthetics um, and the technical elements are very qualified and very worthy um the narrative to me felt very familiar and you know in some ways I guess that's why this film will be successful because i do think it will be successful with audiences and um it, with critics overall um but um I, I didn't i can't say I loved the film but i can say i definitely loved the cinematography the cinematography i thought it was great um it, the scope and the beauty of this film uh it is I, I love to look at the film, it was great. Um, and the score is also very nice, so those are my initial thoughts.
2: Yeah, I, I think for me, I was disappointed that it didn't have that trademark Paul Green Uh, wow, I'm flubbing lots of names tonight. Paul Greengrass flair. Uh, let me say that again. Yeah, I think I was a little disappointed that the movie didn't have that Paul Greengrass flair to it. That, uh, United 93. Captain Phillips, the Bourne movies, even 22 July, which I didn't think was necessarily great, but it still maintained his kinetic editing, shaky handheld cam. And I was really, really interested in seeing what that would translate to in a Western setting. I thought we were going to get something that was going to be very unique and something that would be very untraditional and would give us a Western that was worth holding up to all the others out there, but instead what we get is we get very assured, pared down, and dare I say, kind of boring direction, I think, from Greengrass in terms of how this movie plays out, both narratively and also, too, aesthetically. Uh, I, I, I definitely agree that I think that the cinematography by Darius Wolski is very visually pleasing at times. This movie looks great it also sounds great i love love the score by james newton howard in this really really like that a lot and there are a couple of set pieces where the sound work definitely gets to uh you know shine but man it, it this movie feels like a series of vignettes that are not stitched well together, in my opinion. It just feels like we're going from point A to point B to point D to point F, you know, and it just feels like it's not connected, in my opinion. Or it is fully connected. There aren't any pieces missing. But what we get is not narratively exciting because of what you said, Ryan. It's it's familiar.
1: And... Like it gives off a very like True Grit kind of feeling, and I hate to make that comparison because it's so obvious. But the film is so obvious and familiar in itself. Like I'm going there. Like it feels like a lower shelf uh, version of True Grit in some ways, and not in terms of the story necessarily, but just in terms of the feeling it gives off. Yeah, because at
2: least True Grit, you know, if you want to, I mean, listen, you know, it's like the the remake. uh, When we say True Grit, we're not talking about the James Wayne uh, John, John Wayne version. We're talking about coen brothers true grit that was a coen brothers movie yeah that was you take the coen brothers and you drop them into the western genre and that's why true uh true grit is pretty awesome Mm -hmm. is because it doesn't feel like every other western out there that could have just been made by any director so i think that this movie really is at the end of the day missing That one distinct, albeit weird, I think it would have been very, very weird to see what a Paul Greengrass, an actual Paul Greengrass Western would have
3: looked like, but at least it would have been something unique. I mean, I would certainly agree that I think the narrative is a little episodic and because it takes on that nature, it's a little difficult to build up momentum in some instances. And I think you really feel that like in the first act. I did feel like this movie took a long time to kind of get going and it wasn't until kind of we get to the first action set piece that shootout that um they're involved in that i thought the movie really kind of picked up at that point which by the way didn't you get the sense while
2: watching that shootout scene that that actually was supposed to be at the end of the movie
1: it's it's weirdly placed it's for sure it if if there's one thing about the movie that isn't familiar it's this it's the place uh, it's the placement of that action sequence
2: it goes on forever, and it does actually feel like it has a lot of build up to it at times. I mean, Michael Covino, for anyone that has seen The Climb, I mean, if you've seen that and now you're seeing this, I can't wait to see what else this actor has to give us. I'm very, very excited to see where his career continues to go from here. But the negotiation during the shootout, the dialogue... Him being on the hill, outmaneuvering them. It it goes on for like, I'm telling you, what, 15? 20
3: minutes? Yeah. yeah. It's long. But I didn't really mind it because, as I said, I was sort of a little bored in the beginning of the movie. So <laughs> when the action sequence happened, it's like, okay, I'm I'm sort of sort of into this now, <laughs> if I'm gonna be completely honest. No, I feel that, but it it felt like we were more at home with what
2: I guess I was, at least from what I was expecting this movie to be, like I said, Paul Greengrass, Captain Phillips, mm-hmm. the Bourne movies, directing a Western. I'm expecting some shootouts with some shaky cam.
1: <laughs> well, and like, honestly, that, like, it, it, that would have been so interesting. So, but like the reason why I said, I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing is, I mean, shouldn't we be applauding him that like in, in some way that he was able to surprise us and make a movie that, we weren't expecting from him but at the same time it's kind of boring
2: yes but i think then the screenplay is what lets us down unfortunately
1: i i still think he could have done stuff as a director that you just mentioned in his traditional style that would have uh, overcome some of the some of the things in the screen in the screenplay
2: I i think so yeah I I think I definitely think so.
1: But he goes for a very conventional route in this, which is which is surprising. And it's mostly effective. Like, I can't say anything bad about his directing, about the about what we actually got from his directing aside from the expectation. But it's it's just it's very familiar and
3: basic. It's good.
2: It's serviceable. I think that's I think that's the right word. Serviceable. Good. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think that comes with a certain level of expectation of what we assume we're going to get with the Greengrass film. And I don't know, to be honest with you, I get kind of annoyed with his shaky cam sometimes. I think he can overdo it a little bit. So I think it's interesting to watch him kind of step back and let really like the actors and the story kind of do most of the heavy lifting. And. You know, while it may not have his usual aesthetics, that doesn't mean that this isn't a gorgeous-looking film. I mean, we've already mentioned the cinematography in general, but I think when you do go in for that shaky cam, it's sometimes hard to just appreciate the visuals just on a basic level, and I think you kind of want that for a Western. You want an appreciation for these vistas that are out there, and yeah, he trades off his usual style, but I think that what he gains is... Just sort of a, an appreciation of the landscape of this film and sort of the vastness of where the story wants to go. Well, like I said before,
2: Darius Wolski, you know, I mean, the movie looks great. Can't take that away from it. It really, it really, really the does. true MVP. And you know what, too? The fact that it doesn't have the jittery editing and, you know, handheld camera that does allow for the cinematography to really stand out. So. Give and take, right?
1: Which I think is interesting because I, I guess I hadn't really put two and two together, but maybe that's why I responded to the cinematography so much. I um, I really appreciated the cinematography. I thought it was um, very pretty to look at.
2: Even the interior scenes that are very dimly lit, they have a very soft quality to it that matches Tom Hanks' performance as he's delivering uh, the news to the towns that he is traveling to. But. You know, I think on paper, once again, on paper, prior to seeing the movie, I think we all kind of had this idea of what this movie was about. Here is a guy that in this era that we're living through of fake news is going around and he's reading the news of the world to the people that he is encountering. And, you know, he has that one scene where he tells the um, story to the rowdy and hostile crowd and he turns them around because, I mean, when Tom Hanks talks to you, you listen. He's a great storyteller. And I really thought that there was um, some subtextual potential here for tying in what this movie was about to our world today. And even that failed to land uh, with the kind of dramatic heft that I was hoping for. Well, I think the
3: issue that this movie faces is that it kind of is existing in this weird area where it has very traditional trappings that you normally get in westerns which for the most part that genre is filled with a lot of like basic storytelling of like this is the good guy this is the bad guy which is usually why i don't really care for westerns a lot but then you have some that are just like it's all a gray area it's completely you know your good guys and bad guys are mixed up and we don't know where the moral compass of anybody is is at. and i feel like News of the World sort of operates in this weird middle ground where it feels very traditional in its storytelling, but wants to introduce some of these more nuanced elements. But I don't think it really meshes them that well together. So in the moment, I'm actually like sort of having a good time with it. But I feel like the end result is a film that's sort of like... Not necessarily muddled in its messages, but feels very thematically shallow to me. Even though its aspirations seem to want to be something grander than what you would normally get in the genre.
1: I think that's interesting, Josh, because I agree with you. Actually, like the, um, I do think that like by the time the arc of the film comes around and like the final message or the final impression is left. I was like, oh, wow, that, that, that was nice. But I, uh, reflecting back on it, I don't think that the themes were consistently um, expressed in the writing. I, I agree with you. Like, it's
2: there. I see that it's there. But they don't hammer it home hard enough. Like, I kind of also give that over to the chemistry between Tom Hanks and Helena Zengel, where I didn't ever feel like they were ever clicking. And I know some people who, maybe because it is Tom Hanks and everybody is just kind of, you know, programmed to love him no matter what. But I, I I see people saying, oh, my God, the relationship between them is so sweet. And I... I I, I don't know if it's his fault or if it's her fault or if it's Greengrass's fault, but something about that relationship never clicked for me to the point where when we do get to the third act and everything does come full circle and it starts to get more emotional, you know, the the set pieces are over, it's now time to highlight the acting. I appreciated what the performers were doing, but they never did a good job of really getting me fully emotionally invested in the relationship between these two characters.
3: No, I... Like, it does the basic amount that needs to happen for you to somewhat care about them, at least in terms of your minimal investment in their story. But I think there is an issue with the Johanna character just as she's written. There's something about, like, that you just don't really fully connect to her just as her own character. And a part of that is because you are seeing her from the perspective of the Tom Hanks character, so there's, like, this barrier a little bit. But I never really found myself truly truly invested in her backstory and her emotional journey and i think that made their connection sort of at kind of at arm's length for me like i got what they were going for and and you know sort of just what they were doing as a minimal effort was okay but wasn't anything too much to really mind from it
1: i kind of agree with you josh there too I, i i saw what they were going for but it didn't work on me the way that it should have. Like, it could have been so dramatically powerful where it's almost arresting in a way. And if we were talk if we had that delivered to us, I feel like her performance would be, like, a standout this year that everybody is talking about in the way that they're not now. I think everyone really respects what she's doing, um, but no one's head over heels about her. Uh, um, And I know that's, I'm not necessarily criticizing her performance, but just the overall impact that her character makes Uh, on the
2: film. I think I'm going to throw it at uh, at the feet of the screenplay, I think. That's fair. Because I do think that there was something they could have added that could have made that bond feel more substantial because if you want to write her as, you know, there's a language barrier and she's emotionally closed off, there is a way to thaw that as the movie goes on and she starts to, you know, get a little bit more open and loose and you know they start to bond a little bit more as the movie goes on like we've seen that before and there is a way to do that but here it just seemed like it was more along the lines of oh look at these experiences that these two have gone through together and the screenplay never did a good enough job either in the dialogue or in Moments of uh, of action, character action, of showing us how that relationship is developing and growing outside of. I, I mean, like there are examples of it here, but like I said, it's it it's not strong enough to land.
3: Yeah, as you said, it. This is a movie that does provide those examples, but I don't think it does so in a way that is innovative or really like charming enough for us to be really won over by their relationship. And I agree with you, Matt, that I don't think that that's necessarily a problem with her performance. I think she does a good enough job with the role. I think it's more of a problem with how that character is written and the perspective that we see her from that doesn't really allow us to get that much of an emotional connection to her.
1: Mm. But do you guys agree with me that if that emotional connection were there, I feel like it would... that would would, consume the conversation about this film and really make this film stand out in a way that it doesn't now.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the emotional crux of the movie. That's the thing that it's really hinging on, especially at the end. And I think, like I said, it comes from, I think, the perspective. Maybe if she was actually more centered within this story, we would have more opportunities to really see her as a fleshed-out character, which I just don't think we really get that opportunity as the movie that's presented well think about it this way too right he comes across
2: her attacked carriage he finds her she's speaking german and she becomes his responsibility why is it because like his wife died while he was in the war and he's feeling regret and he feels he has to like do this one good thing because I, I think that's what the movie is trying to tell us at the end, but I am still a little unsure because I I and and I, I like that's okay because of the fact that there are characters who question him as he's going along. Um we actually uh get to see um uh his name will come to me Ray McKinnon uh who we saw in another uh dad movie last year uh Ford V Ferrari. And you know, he he's asking him like, you know, well, why are you doing this? And once again, like there's dialogue there, (laughs) they wrote it. Yeah. The examples are there, but I never found myself getting really invested. And I, I, even I was like, yeah, like why should I care? What, what I don't, I don't know. I I mean like what, what could have been done differently?
1: The movie could have been directed and written with more heart and, I guess I mean,
2: Tom Hanks is doing some really heavy lifting in that third act uh, with his acting, I feel like to try and salvage the emotional crux of this movie
1: I, and it's weird it, I had this weird sensation while watching it where I didn't feel like the movie did its job emotionally the first two um, like the first two acts. but at while that while you're what you're talking about Matt with Tom Hanks and all the heavy lifting he does, it was kind of working for me. I was like, oh wow, this is working for me, yet it feels so unearned. Yeah.
3: That's the power of Tom Hanks. Like, I, I think you were asking that question, Matt, like, why does the character do this deed and go on this journey? I think the answer is because he's Tom Hanks. <laughs> like, <because laughs> You just expect that that's what Tom Hanks is going to do. And yeah, it doesn't really have a lot of complexity to that, uh, to that answer. I think there's also some lacking nuance in his character, too, because he like, correct me if I'm wrong, but he fought for the Confederacy, right? His character? Uh, yes, he did. Yeah. So, like, that is a whole can of worms right there that you can explore, but they don't really do anything with that either. So it's like all these things are on the surface, and, yeah, they are there to justify the basic plot elements of the narrative to push it forward, but in terms of their real thematic weight to them, it's not like it isn't, that it's non-existent but it's just very very minimal we took it all
0: we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will I become? Senwa Saga That's Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The other thing I also like
2: can't stand, and I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to get into a little spoiler territory here. I also hate how easy the ending is when he goes back to get her from her
3: her aunt and uncle. Well, it's also very predictable. Like you say a spoiler, but like (laughs) you're watching this movie, you know exactly What's going to happen at the end of the film when he reunites with her family and what's going to happen after that when he goes back to the town? Like, it's very, very predictable as to what the resolution of this movie is going to be. Yeah. And I just thought it was too easy.
2: Like, there was a nice, neat little bow on it. And I think people that are fans of Tom Hanks and they are looking for something that's an easy watch. It is a little slow at times. The movie, I, I'm not going to deny that, uh, which is also something I never thought I would say for a Paul Greengrass movie um, that it's a little slow. But you know, I, I think it's a light, easy watch. All things considered, that gives you nothing revolutionary, as we said before. Uh,
3: but it's it, it it's 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 fine. It's good. Yeah, like. This is like I've been talking a lot about the problems that I have with the movie, but like overall, I think it's a very solid film and it's very entertaining. It does have some spots where it's a little slow and I'm not that much into the pacing of it. And yeah, the story's not like that great or complex, but sometimes movies don't have those ambitions. And I would, I don't think this movie necessarily has those either, even though it gets flashes of trying to be something a little bit grander than it actually is. But in the moment, I think it works really well just as, like, a very entertaining action western that has the story in it that, like, just has enough elements to get you by. Plus, I do think that Tom Hanks is really good in this film, and his performance does a lot to carry you through even the bits that you might not be all that invested in.
1: I actually think that it is more entertaining than um, we may be giving it credit for. I think like this will be a very much a dad movie, not like to the heights that Ford um, Ford V Ferrari was last year. But I do think while like all of like the woke people and all of like the women watch promising young women uh, in the next couple of days, um, all the dads will be flocking to this and they're really going to like it.
2: I don't know. My parents watched it the other day and they thought it was slow and, you know, fine. Like they thought it was good, but they weren't like balled over by it. Um, But of course, Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. And they all agreed that they liked Tom Hanks because at the end of the day, who does not like Tom Hanks?
3: (laughs) Well, if we're using the parent test, uh, my parents did really like the movie. So there you go. (laughs) There you go.
2: And, you know. I wanted to say, too, you know, uh, Michael Schwartz uh, wrote this up about Tom Hanks this year uh, on the site. I mean, Tom Hanks, after, you know, being the first major celebrity to get COVID-19 early on when there was still a lot of uncertainty, confusion and anxiety around the virus. I mean, there still is, obviously, but like, you know, to a different degree, because it was very, very new. Um, And then going on to cameo in Borat's subsequent movie film, which (laughs) I still can't believe that happened. Uh, to now with news of the world. I know we say this, it feels like, on every podcast review that we have when we talk about Tom Hanks, but he really is a national treasure. Truly is. And I can't recall off the time I had when was the last time he gave a truly bad performance. I mean, he's been in bad movies. I was going to say maybe like one-sixth of Cloud Atlas. <laughs> uh uh-huh. I kind of like what he's I kind of like what he's doing in that movie all the time, regardless.
3: (laughs) I know what you mean now. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing about Tom Hanks. I think that he is an actor that is just so inviting. Like whenever he's on screen, he's just like got this quality of like come on in and enjoy this movie. We're going to have a good time. You might not get like a lot out of it, but I'm here to guide you through. We're going to have fun. And at the end of it, you're going to be satisfied. You feel like you're in good hands. Exactly. Yeah. He's that kind of an actor in his movies. And even when he's not doing great work, you're always like charmed, at least by something that's happening in the film that he's doing. Sure. I I definitely agree with that. Um, Also,
2: too, this movie gets an extra point just for having Bill Camp in it.
3: Oh, of course. Yes.
2: Yeah, that goes without saying. Yeah. <laughs> also, too, Elizabeth Marvel. Very happy to see her pop up again.
1: Yeah, I was very happy to see that. She was I, I really appreciated her
3: scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's one of my favorite of the supporting players in this movie. Like her. She's only got like one or two scenes, but they make a huge impact. And she's great. Definitely agreed. I, I liked all of the little. Hey, I know that person. I I know that person, too. I
2: liked all of those moments in the movie throughout. <laughs> All right, so final thoughts on News of the World. Anything that you want to reiterate, something that we didn't mention? Ryan, I toss it to you first.
1: You know, I think I'm good. I think this is a very straightforward film, and I have a very straightforward reaction. I really like the cinematography and the score. Um, I think the sound is okay. Um, I'm more interested in talking about its Oscar prospects, so I'll wait till we go over to that segment.
3: Josh? Um, I think the only other thing that I just want to mention is like, I really did like that scene where he comes to the town and there's that hostile crowd and the guy that wants him to basically read fake news, like, it's a little on the nose for what we're dealing with today, I grant you, but it was still a very, like, well-shot, well-constructed sequence in the film and probably my favorite scene in the film, to be honest, and like I said, it's a bit on the nose in terms of its modern-day parallels, but just as a scene itself I thought it was very well done yeah like I was saying before this
2: movie is a collection of good scenes that don't ever fully come together for me like I like the sandstorm sequence I like the shootout with Michael Covino I like the hostile crowd with the (laughs) with the ridiculous racism that is just like so so ham-fisted in there that it's like you know I I can't believe that this was co-written by an Oscar nominated screenwriter um But, you know, then again, Akiva Goldsmith has an Oscar for writing. So, you know, what do what do I know? Um, But at the same time, like, I really do think that this movie, for all the complaining that I've done about it in terms of expectation, I do think that it is a good movie. I don't think it's a bad movie and I don't think it's a great movie. I think this is just one of those cases where being that it is the middle of Oscar season, the fact that it's one of the only studio major studio films that we're getting you know this season tom hanks is an oscar magnet you know maybe not for himself but at least for his projects that he's attached to a lot of times you know you got to pay attention and paul greengrass i mean you know captain phillips as we mentioned before united 93 and i mean hell born ultimatum won three oscars for crying out loud (laughs) so i was expecting a lot more than what i got and As a result, I am slightly disappointed in it. I'm glad that a lot of people have enjoyed the movie so far, and I'm sure, like Ryan said, more people will. But for me, uh, it was slightly below my expectations.
3: I'm going with a 6 out of 10 on this one. Josh, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with a 7 out of 10. Like, I... I did find myself enjoying it enough and it kind of barely crossed the finish line for me, but it's a movie that I would like easily recommend to people. It's not going to be life changing or anything. It's not going to be that like the best movie that you see in a given year, but it's entertaining for what it is. And I think you will have a good time with it, even though you might stop thinking about it five minutes after you've seen it.
1: Ryan. I'm also six with you, Matt.
3: Okay.
2: Well, Brian, we're going to talk about its Oscar prospects now. So Oscar prospects for News of the World. Very interesting conversation to have, I think, right now, because there is a certain segment of the Academy that could wholly embrace this movie in a number of different ways. I do think there are some certainties. Hear me out. I really do think that cinematography and score are pretty much there. Mm hmm.
3: Um, I would say those are its best shots. Um, I don't know. (laughs) It's just to say that somebody who has never been nominated before is a lock in anything is always going to be shaky, especially for like a bubble contender in other cases. So Darius Wolski, though, is due for his first nomination. I mean, he is. But I would feel safer about saying like, oh, he's a lock if maybe this movie was A little bit higher in the ranks of like best picture buzz is all I'm saying. Well, I mean, that's not off the table. (laughs) Yeah, that's true, too. We that's a very big question mark. I don't really know how this is going to play generally as the weeks go by. I do think that
2: Helena Zengel is off the table for supporting actress at this point.
3: Yeah, I don't really see that happening. She's not really getting the notices of like, what a wonderful discovery. Let's really get her nominated in a bunch of places. So
1: I actually wrote a piece about um, this exact topic about its Oscar chances, and I uh, Matt, I agree with you. I think cinematography and score are, uh, are are pretty are looking pretty good. I also think sound is it's also in a good position for sound just because of the type of movie that it is. Yeah,
2: I think that sandstorm sequence helps
1: a lot, <laughs> but also you know the sound branch they typically go for these like best picture. Esque type of movies, like even if News of the World doesn't get a best picture nom- nomination, which I actually do think it will, um, I think this is the type of film that the Sound Branch is attracted to. Um, like you know, last year we didn't like there was kind of there were two cohorts. There were like the Little Women, Parasite people, and then there were like the Irishman, Joker ty- uh, Hollywood, nineteen seventeen people, and I feel like that second group could very much dig into News of the World. Um, and the fact that because, like you alluded to earlier, Matt, this, the um, the big budget studio um, movie, you know, movie star vehicle that that's severely lacking this year just because of the the nature of the beast of um, the pandemic. So I think that helps its case in a lot of these categories which we wouldn't normally consider. Um, I do think that it it's kind it's on the bubble for Best Picture. Um, depending on how everything else plays out, if it if it's a hit with the guilds, I think that we can count it in for Best Picture. And weirdly, I do have it in Best Adapted Screenplay, and I don't really like that I have it in there because it's not deserving. But also, it just I have it in there as kind of like a filler because it just it it's the type of movie that would just fall into a nomination like this, don't you guys think? Even though it doesn't really deserve it,
2: I I do think that there are two movies right now that are fighting for that position and one is hillbilly elegy and the other one is this one but but if nothing gets snubbed in that category i do think that first cow and i'm thinking of ending things are ahead Mm. of both of them that's interesting if nothing if nothing gets snubbed that's the big that's the big thing (laughs) if the other four are are as Locked and loaded as we think they are. Yeah. Then I think first cow and where I'm thinking of anything, gets in there as one of those cool riderly passionate picks.
1: I would really, I, I, I just don't have enough faith in the Academy yet. I think honestly, I'm thinking of anything makes more sense to me than first cow. First cow to me does not strike me as something the Academy is going to touch with um, a nine foot pole, but I don't know, of of the movies that you just listed, Matt, though, I do think, would you agree that News of the World seems the most logical in, in the sense that it does it has the fewest strikes against it in terms of just being a safe filler type of vanilla nomination?
2: Oh, I completely agree with that. I also think too that because it is, as I mentioned before, one of the only major studio films with a big leading man attached to it, I do think that there are going to be some old school members of the academy who are going to vote for this movie for best picture um, just because it is something that they can hopefully cling on to because this whole idea of the death of the movie star the death of the theatrical experience what is a movie nowadays what is a tv movie etc etc like all this stuff about invalidating the old way of how we look at movies this is just such a classic throwback in so many ways that people might just vote for it even if it's not that great Uh, Just to cling on to this idea that, no, this is what we are still continuing to embrace and celebrate in this industry.
1: I agree with that um, 100 percent. And I think because there are going to be so many other films that are pushing in the other direction, I do think that there is a segment of the Academy where the energy will be vibrant. And this is the perfect vehicle to, you know, um, for that energy to materialize into something.
2: For what it's worth, I have it at number nine in my best picture predictions right now. <laughs> so okay. it is just barely holding on. But I agree, Ryan. I think right now critics are not telling us what we need to know. But I do think that the industry will once the guild start chiming in. Okay.
3: And, and Ryan, I think that is actually a very good point that this movie does occupy a very particular space that we normally see a best picture nominee come from that is missing from – a lot of the other contenders, like even something like Charles of Chicago seven, which we all assume has these check marks for a lot of the conventional things that we look for. It's still from Netflix and everything else is either like, you know, it's very small and in an indie or it doesn't really have the prestige attached to it. So yeah, like, I don't know if I'm going to really bet on it happening right now, but I do think that if you're looking for that kind of traditional, crowd pleaser that is not from a major streaming um studio then news of the world is like really all that there is so really diving into
2: this now one by one here best sound are you guys predicting it
3: yeah uh i am not but i can see it getting in i do have it in there i could easily see it getting in what about production design
1: so no, I don't have it predicted, but it's in the ten. We'll see what happens. Honestly, we you know this is kind of like um, something I'm struggling with with a lot of films. There are just some films that you don't really know how hard they're going to hit with the Academy or how like because we're still so far away from um, the real from the guilds and getting a real sense of what the industry is feeling. I if the film really does hit and it it does skew into maybe like the six or seven. Um, Best picture placement, um, Matt, I do think that there are some categories like production design where it could weasel its way in, even though it looks weak from this vantage point.
2: Yeah, there's nothing in this movie from a production design or costume design standpoint that actually, in my opinion, stands out because everything in there is exactly what I would expect to see in any
3: Western. Yeah. Yeah. Although you mentioned costume design. That's not in my five, but it is sitting at number six for me right now, and that is only because of Mark Bridges, my doppelganger.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you know, Michael brought up that point after um, after some of us saw it. Um, I I think it's a good thing to keep in mind because, um, as Michael noted, the uh, you know this could be a similar nomination to his work for Joker last year in terms of like it just you know taking up a spot Mm -hmm. because he's well liked.
2: Yeah. Uh, we mentioned score. We mentioned cinematography. Uh, we mentioned adapted screenplay. And we mentioned picture. Anything else we're leaving off the table here?
3: Uh, do I not do not think editing.
2: You really think so?
3: Well, I, the only reason I mention it is because it is edited by William Goldenberg, who won an Oscar, so he's already in kind of that club. And I don't necessarily see it getting in, but I just know that whenever I'm going through the below the line categories and trying to find out who might be like a surprise nominee, it's usually somebody very well established. So I don't think it's happening, but it, I would say that is one thing to maybe just keep in the back of your mind. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The, he, uh, that, you know, Argo, Zero Dark 30, The Insider, these films like really speak to kind of like that nostalgic, like old school establishment y, um, you know, academy voter. Um, I, I think that. on the merits of the film it doesn't strike me as like oh this is going to be an editing contender for sure but because of the talent involved i think that um i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised to see it nominated i would be kind of like oh okay this was a little uninspired but completely not out of left field
3: yeah but it
2: makes sense yeah and i say the best for last tom hanks best actor
1: I think he will get a Golden Globe nomination for sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that that category is like firming up, but it kind of is firming up right now. Like we basically sort of have three to four spots pretty locked in at this point, I feel. And the amount of fluidity in that category is not really present anymore. And I don't know if he's really going to have the strength and passion to break into it. Do you guys think that the
2: nomination last year for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood helps him or hurts him?
3: Um,
1: Neither. I don't know. What do you think, Josh?
3: Yeah, I feel like that is rather neutral. And I I don't know, that nomination last year I feel like was a little... I don't don't want to say like they were forced into it, but it kind of felt like, okay, we have to finally do something about (laughs) us not nominating him. And he's playing like Mr. Rogers, for God's sake, we have, if we don't do this, we're going to look really bad. Yeah. And (laughs) I don't really feel like there is that same sentiment this year, especially with best actors starting to get, like I said, sort of the consensus in that category is really starting to form. And I don't know if there's really the same level of passion to get him a nomination for this kind of work. I was going to say, you say this kind of work, and I think that that's the key,
2: because if this work had been at the level of his performance, say in Captain Phillips, for example, um, not the same type of performance, obviously, but just at the same level of quality. Yeah. I think the narrative of him having COVID earlier this year, combined with coming off of the nomination last year... And with those kinds of reviews, had he had gotten them, I think it would have made him a shoe-in. But he doesn't have those reviews in my opinion. The movie isn't a guaranteed Academy movie this year necessarily. So yeah, I, I, I have him in my ten, I think, mm-hmm. but I don't have him in
1: my predicted five. He's safely my number seven, you know, after the the six um Firm, um, firm contenders I don't know you know if this were just even a slightly weaker year, I think if the film did create this you know storm with the Academy, I think he would slide in nicely but I don't know and to be fair Tom Hanks is really good in this movie and oh, yeah. that's why I think that I think the Golden Globes will definitely nominate him just because of their attraction to big stars and the performance is at somewhat of a surprising quality. Um, it's just not the type of performance that can be nominated whenever we have six actors buying for five spots and he's, he's number seven.
2: And who knows if there's going to be a surprise number seven still, you know, there's still time left in the eligibility window for really incredible things to happen. So who knows? All right. Well, that'll do it here for our discussion on news of the world. Ryan, where can I find you on the internet?
1: You can find me on Twitter at RCS818.
2: Josh Parham. You can find me on Twitter at JR Parham. And you could find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of News of the World here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us anywhere where you listen to podcasts. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you are feeling generous, head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.